This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The moment everyone has been waiting for, the Straight Red Card and the FIFA America podcast are together for the first time. We've all finally joined the stream yard, but it's finally happened. Brett and Derek from the Straight Red Card, welcome. You've joined with me and Manny. We're going to talk some USMNT today, the hot goss around teams and players. <laughs> but guys, before we start, we probably have a lot of crossover audience, but for anyone that doesn't know you, who are you and what is a straight red card? So the straight red card actually started a decade ago on big soccer, and we were there for four years or so, maybe five. I don't know. And then we left for six years. And then um, I started rapping with Pete early on when he was doing his show. And we started putting up on our websites and Facebook. And I thought, you know what? I'm calling Brett. Let's get this show back together again. It's just, you know, it's a lot of fun. Um, we just had Bill Archer on, who's, you know, he's he's ancient now, but he's still smart and has a great insight, uh, a legendary soccer writer. And, um, yeah, we drink and we we, we just talk. And it's fun. And that's why Derek, we're doing it. Derek, I want to ha- hear those tracks of you and Pete rapping. I'm just... Okay, no, no. I want to hear that. <laughs> he ain't no Pete Nice, all right? So. <laughs> Maybe that's how I can sell your Patreon to people, is you put exclusive rapping tracks on the Patreon, never before seen on YouTube. So, so Brett idea. told me he wouldn't continue on this video unless I sold your T-shirts and your Patreon. So, <laughs> guys, go go to those links Time down to below. Time to guys. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I thought you guys would be nice, but Brett has come in and just <laughs> careened in with his show for us. <laughs> Dance monkey. Leave a minor monkey spiel. <laughs> Manny, everyone knows from the FIFA podcast, but everyone is uh I'm I'm excited for today. The fact that we finally get together. I feel like all of our personalities just going completely yet have lots of Venn diagram crossover. So first order business, we got to talk about Christian Pulisic, who is in poor form for club and country. Timothy Way and Brendan Aronson are producing for both of those. Is Pulisic a locked on starter for the U.S. men's national team in the next World Cup qualifying window? Who do you want to start? (laughs) Who wants to kick us off? I'll start. Um, The answer for the idea for reality reasons is no. I mean, we've already seen it not happen once. And that was the last game. We've seen it happen twice, actually, where he's not a locked in starter for um for country because he's definitely not a locked in starter for a club. And in this case, he hasn't really been playing a lot lately. And if that continues and you get Raina back and you have Waya back, I mean these are just realities, um, you could literally play Raya. Uh, Rain on the left and way on the right or flip-flop them. You could play way out left. I mean, I wouldn't do that, but uh, I think Reyna is good enough at cutting in that he could play out left as well and then have a right-footed shot as he cuts across the box. So I think that works for him. So I don't think he is, and I think even though we seen or saw a reduction of hero ball um, when he came in the last time for the last 15 minutes, I still think that's an issue, even though Greg literally said, we don't need anybody to do hero ball for us. Um, I don't know when that's going to get across, get in Pulisic's brain and it's going to sink in that he's got a lot of good guys around him. So he doesn't need to do that anymore. Um, But until that, I just think it's realistic to say he's not a penciled in starter every game anymore. I I just don't think it is. It'll depend on his form. I think there are very few people as a whole are starter every game. Um, I think when we're talking about a we're talking about a a match, whether it's a World Cup qualifier where we have multiple matches at once, I think more often than not he's going to start because he is more or less the face of the team. I mean, people always know Pulisic regardless of how well his form is at the time. Um, unless 
Uh, Way and Aronson are absolutely uh, just killing it at the club level and then coming in to the national team. That's going to be different. But I think he will absolutely start, at least, at least for the first game. And he may change it up a bit. But, no, I think, I think he's going to start him for more often than not. Let's put it that way, I guess. And let's I, the- personally, personally, I don't think he necessarily should. I think he's great coming off the bench, but I don't think he's a bench player. But I, I, I don't see him. I don't see him getting benched consistently. No, I don't think he would be consistently. But you know, as long as he's continuing to struggle with his club, then you know there's just no way he can be guaranteed. Let's let's also say Sergeant, who if he didn't have the butt herpes or whatever he had today or this week that he couldn't play for Norwood City, he had some bad Mexican. Was that what it was? I hear England has some great Mexican food. Terrible. Well, Chipotle is the best you can get. <laughs> Ugh, that's what McKenney says. Um, so, you know, let's say Sargent now goes on a run and he's starting every game, every game and scoring goals on a regular. There's another guy that can play out out wide. In, in that, that, that case, um, he could play CF or right winger. Then you really have a lot of choices on top of already having Aronson, Weya, Reyna. And you know that um, Greg loves himself some um Seattle Sounders guys on the wing. So I think that that might still happen going forward. I mean, the fact that the Panama game is really the must-win game for us, though, in the next World Cup qualifying window. Yep. Mexico, like the result would be great. And one point at either Mexico or Costa Rica probably puts us in with a win against Panama as well. Like, do you then save Pulisic for the Panama game? I guess what I'm saying is in the must-win game, is Pulisic a locked-on starter? I think so. I think against Panama at home, I think that's a yes. Um, But, again, let's say Pulisic plays 20 minutes between now and the next qualifiers. That's He's not going to be in form. Um, And you have other options that will be probably more in form. Aronson certainly will. He's going to play every game for Salzburg. Um, and Rain will be back, and Way will be back. I mean, you have a lot of options there. So, and Greg can be very stubborn once he's made a decision. <clears throat> he can say, "Listen, you know, I'm going to use him as a super sub," and then he starts sounding like Thomas Tuchel, and Pulisic's really got to get worried then. But, you know, <laughs> well, I mean, I guess in fairness, in this last window, he only became, he only got benched after playing, uh, starting and playing two games in a row. Yeah, and I mean. What, whether he plays against Mexico or Panama, uh, do you play for the must-win in Panama? But then again, getting a result in Mexico is is just almost as important because the other option is we probably need to get a result in Costa Rica, either place, whether it's Costa Rica or Azteca. It's just never done. Both have been really shit for us. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you're looking at you're hoping for tie, win, tie, right? Worst case or good case. Worst case is loss win loss that's worst case but still the math should get us let's, at least into the play game so play let's off. channel our inner canada and get nine points Good luck. <laughs> I, I think you need john herdman at that point yeah you show me the evidence that greg can do that and maybe i'll i'll start believing but i don't see any evidence i mean the way that everything's gone this would be the window that the u.s just turns it on and and gets the nine points what what, ha- what, ha- what would happen if Canada ended up choking this window and we won nine points? They don't have and to choke. We... No, 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 no. Not important. I'm not, I'm not, not important. You're missing my point, Derek. I'm not saying All they're right. not going to qualify. I'm just saying, what if you let me finish? I would have gotten to that point. <laughs> <laughs> what if what if Canada like chokes it up? We end up getting all nine points, and Canada doesn't get first in the group after all the trash talking they're doing. <laughs> yeah, I was about I to mean, say you're, that would be funny. You're... You're summoning the Canadian, the angry Canadian mob to this comment section again. I, I'm just, it's, your, it's your comment section, so I'm okay. They've with been that. marauding across channels. Listen, all Canada needs to do is get a tie, and they're done. They're they're in. They're, they're done regardless. They've already qualified. I, mean, I know. Costa Rica's not going to win all, win all three games. It's not going to happen. Um, I don't even think. I mean, obviously, they're not even concerned about Panama getting that. I mean, okay, hold so, on now. Costa Rica is not going to win all three games. They're not. They, they play El Salvador. Yep. That's not exactly overwhelming for Costa Rica the way they're playing more recently. And well, they're Canada, playing in El Salvador, though, aren't they? Yeah, so what? They, 
that, I mean, they've, they've been they've been they've been pretty much a rock at home. Well, I st- Costa Rica's not Costa Rica's isn't the Costa Rica of the past. So I'm just saying, El, even- El Salvador's got nothing to play for. They they can put on like a season. Coach, they, yeah, it's coach all pride. Come on, man. Come out. Yeah, yeah, they're coming out. They're going to play a bunch of young kids and take the take the. L. Look what happened to Trinidad and Tobago. They came out with a bunch of kids that weren't even uh, weren't even on t- clubs at the time, and they should have taken the L. But we, <laughs> I know, I'm just saying, the shit happens. <laughs> the topic okay? is banned from conversation for, <laughs> until we make the next World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just all anyway. I'm saying it's not going to be as easy as we think because if no. you look at who's playing who, you've got Panama playing Honduras and Canada. That's not going to be easy for them, but they've got everything to play for. Costa Rica have everything to play for. El Salvador have nothing to play for. The, the, Canada the benefit, has hardly anything to play for. Well, the benefit there is Canada still tech still would want to get a result to guarantee qualification, and they happen to play Panama first. That's a win for us because they're still going to play for either the win or the draw. Either way, that still benefits us. Okay. Well, I mean, listen, maybe I'm being – the dark side of the moon here, but I have to you say are, you are the pessimistic one of the group. Yes. I, <laughs> we all know this. Do you remember three years ago? I mean, is that something you've forgotten? So I'm a fire fan. I always forget the past. All right. Well, <laughs> it's a new season every season. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you Manny, got, where do you stand on the full sick debate? Um, it really just depends on the, the, the tactics, honestly. And with, uh, with Greg, you really don't know where he stands from, from match to match and what he's going to attempt to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as we saw, Pulisic was trying to do too much. Yeah. Yeah. Majority, majority of the time. Um, and so I think when we needed wingers to probably not so much occupy spaces that, you know, other positions uh, would go into – he was doing that, and I think it was to the – I mean, obviously it was to the detriment of the team. Um, I think in the future we probably – well, not we, but Greg probably needs to, like, understand in times, like, maybe we – maybe instead of going with a four-three-three, maybe we might need to put another player in midfielder or whatever. Mm. But um, – but also, too, I think Pulisic, as of late, with how Greg is going about things, I think he finds the game better coming from the bench for 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 the country as of right now. Um, when he comes in as a sub, for some reason, he you know he finds his way into the game and, and makes an impact. So, for me, I personally think like until we could kind of figure out you know, what is our, what is our identity? You know, Greg wants the four, three, three. He wants the, you know, the uh, MMA midfield, but teams are going to find a way to, you know, to stop that. So what are we going to do when they, you know, when they, when they have tactics to, to stop that, what are we going to do? Are we going to do something different? Um, so yeah, that that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Well, I'm with Derek no. on this one. No, he's not going to do anything different. No. He's too Square predictable. Peg, round hole. Come on, get it. Yeah, I think that's the problem, <laughs> and you just nailed it. Um, are we going to do anything different? Is the question? Just look at how long um, Greg took to answer the question. Um, how how do you break down a low block? Look how long he stammered. Twenty four hours after the game, apparently. <laughs> yeah, now, <laughs> we we did see some adjustments in the last game. Um, prior to that, the ball would go out wide. It would be crossed. And then last game, we actually would ha- get the ball out wide, and then we'd find the guy at the top of the box that was nearest on the box, top of the box. To, to, so we got it out of there, and then we could we could kind of play it, dink it around the guys that were all standing on the top of the box. So there was a slight adjustment there, but where everything has to go straight down uh, or go down the wide side, time and time and time again, it's, it is very predictable. And there's so much space in the middle sometimes. You're like, where is the guy on our team occupying that empty space? And they're just not there because they're all three of them or four of them are all crammed up on the wing doing tiki-taka with Mm. each other. So, um, yeah, I wish you were right. And I know one of the topics we were going to talk about was formation. So this kind of goes into it. But, um, yeah, he's just not going to do it. I mean, it's either a 3-5 whatever 
or a 4-3-3. And that the, the three in the back thing is a complete rarity. And the last time he did it, it was a complete, it blew up in his face. So I don't think he's going to do it. Yeah. The last time he played, uh, the, when was, was, what was the last game he played? Against Honduras. But that, yeah. was also the, that was also the match that he had uh, Tyler Adams playing right wing back. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what so, worries I mean, me. That, that's, that that's, also, that's also the fuck up there, I think. Yeah. yeah. It, you, like when you want to do an experiment and see if it works, you need to change one variable at a time. So the fact that he That's played seven. a three in the back and <laughs> moved Tyler Adams to right wing back, and he played, I think James Sands and Kellen Acosta were the two center midfielders. So it's like, yeah. how did yeah. we? How do we even know if the formation was the wrong thing or if the personnel was the wrong thing? You don't because you changed too many variables and now you have no idea why same that didn't work. Well, see that's our game. We, we, we've made seven changes and. We brought in a midfield trio of of Acosta, Legit, and rolled on. Wasn't it? And there was Musa. In the, was Musa in there? Or like Musa half? was in the Panama game. Like he a was half the or one like over. Yeah. Yeah. So is yeah he 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 when he, he makes his changes, especially for the away games. That's when it is Canada. We had seven changes as well, mind you. They were they were still decent changes. You can make that. Or was it was it seven changes from Canada to Honduras? I don't know which one it was, but. But still, there's this massive amount of changes. But the problem is, in those one those away games, he puts these giant these giant black holes that just suck all the creativity away from everything, and then all of a sudden, we're caught on our heels ninety percent of the game. So I guess that's the other question too: is is Pulisic in a rut, or are the tactics that Greg employs to him what makes him have poor form for a country? A little bit of this, a little bit of that. <laughs> I was, I was, I was gonna, just going to say yes. Yes. I mean, the answer, <laughs> truly the answer is a little bit of both for sure. Mm-hmm. Because if Greg really doesn't want Pulisic to play hero ball, then why doesn't he tell him to stop doing it? Mm-hmm. And then make sure that he keeps his, his, his butt on the left instead of, you know, t- constantly cutting in. And in some cases... When he is on the left, running straight into Anthony Robinson, they almost had like a collision. <laughs> I mean, we, we've seen some real clownish stuff out there that just shouldn't happen in, on any level. But I think it, the, the real problem here when it all comes down to it, and Manny kind of touched on this, is that Greg is a dogmatist. He is stuck in his own head, and he thinks he knows it all. I don't, I've never heard anything that said – I've never heard any word from him like – yeah, I didn't do the best job I could preparing for this match today. Um, and there are things we're going to have to change. Never hear that from him. Mm. I mean, we never heard it from Klinsman well, either, but, yeah. you know. It's, it's, never, it's never his fault is the problem. He never yeah. admits it. It's always, we dominated, but the scoreline doesn't show it. Oh, or God. stuff. I mean, it's that type of stuff. Um, with, with Pulisic, if you look back through his history and find out where he's been the most successful, it's not him being the, <clears> the, the face of the team. It's not him, you know, grabbing every single ball and running through. It's him checking into the box when a cross is coming, he's finding open space, or he's doing a one-two touch with another player to get him into the box, he's scoring or assisting. Uh, he did with Dorbin all the time. He always found himself in open opportunities, mainly in the back post. Um, we saw against Mexico as a prime example. He did it against uh, Honduras again. It's just he's, he's in the right, mo- right place at the right time. But when we find out that he struggles a lot of times, it's, it's a lot of uh, self-inflicted wounds. So like he's He's trying to dribble two, three, four players at a time. And he can do that, but he does it all the time. And that's why, I don't, again, I don't know if we necessarily coined the term hero ball when it comes to describing him, but it's an apt description. Well, it started yeah, months ago. So, yeah, I think we did. <laughs> Six months ago, we said he's got to stop doing that. But did anybody else watch Reina play in the last 20 or so minutes for Dortmund this week? Yeah. I mean, holy moly. That guy hasn't played for months, and he came out there, and he was doing stuff like a magician. He's so special. he's special. I mean, unless Greg, yeah. and we've said this for a long time, Greg's not going to play him as a midfielder. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. And he, we don't play a ten, so he's not going to play a ten. Yeah. So you can quit hoping for that too. Yeah. So Reina's got to play somewhere, and you want yeah. an informed way if he continues the way he's been playing for us to be playing out right. I think, mm-hmm. I think Pulisic's job is honestly. A starting job at least there's a question mark by it sure yeah i was well, back to the main topic that we were talking about the last topic of that was like do we change formation i mean derek already said he's not going to change formation it's not going to happen but mm-hmm. if you did 
I mean, let's. I mean, anybody who listens to our show knows what I'm going to say here. Let's bring back the empty bucket. I'm a <laughs> big fan. With, I, I'm a big fan of it. I'm a big fan of it. Honestly, <laughs> I, I I I love that era. Yeah. Of the, the oh. Bob Bradley empty bucket. I, I love. So it. nice. Back in the good old days when uh, when nepotism was a question. <laughs> We're still in the nepotism question here, aren't we? Though, but it's a, bit, it's a little bit different. <laughs> if you played that way, Brett, would you have? two traditional number nines or would you have like maybe Pulisic and Weya up top like as more speed and counterattack? I, I would, do, don't I, would do, I would have... do an, I would do a nine and I would do uh somebody like a Weya. So what made the, the the empty buck with Bob Bradley work out so well is that you had Josie Altador who would even though he had to work into this position uh, played the more physical the uh-huh. back to goal typical nine uh-huh. and then you always had Charlie's Davies who's making the runs through mm-hmm. and that's what made it so dangerous so i would say throw in like a peppy or a dk or a peafock and then throw in somebody like a way next to him. or Pulisic. so with like question would like remember those in bucket days they had donovan and they had dempsey on the mm-hmm. the flank so they yep. were the left mid and the right mid right who are you who are you placing at, at those positions if we were to go back to an empty bucket uh formation I guess it depends on who's playing uh, akin to our nine. So, say if Way is up there, I would either have Pulisic and Reyna or Aronson and Reyna. Reyna, sorry. Yeah. Um, that and then behind them would be a McKinney and Adams, or I mean, that'd be the that'd be the two you'd have to start. You could throw Musa in there, but yeah, it's the bottom of the bucket. <clears throat> yeah, that's Adams that's what I would do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the, an the option. problem is you're you're either con- you're either overly congested up top and your your wings don't know what to necessarily do and that's why Plusic is checking back into the center which congests everything else. Right. So you just open it up a little bit. You pin you pinch in you pinch in our two wingers and you add another striker so that way we aren't playing on an island up top, which has been the issue with like Lindsman when he always played with the solo striker. Hated that era. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's you, you just go back to what works. Well, two strikes. Would, would that even work with Greg, or would Greg find a way to screw up the empty bucket too? Because honestly, <laughs> if you look at how mechanical he is about how we pass and and where people take up space in Greg's system, it ends up looking very mechanical, and it kills all of the um, ingenuity, the creativity. Everybody looks like they got a stick up their butts. And they've got it. They know exactly where they got to go next. Now we saw a little less of that last game, but then you know, look at the competitions. The worst team in the octagon. So, but whenever we've had to play anybody of any substance uh, outside of one game versus Mexico, we have looked rather rather constipated. And it would really be really nice to let everybody, you know, if Greg would let everybody just go to the bathroom and get it over with, and just say, "Hey guys, go out there and play free soccer." Here's the general setup. And Jurgen used to do things. I'm no Jurgen proponent. Well, trust me, <laughs> I, I busted on Jurgen a lot during the old days. But one thing he did say is, "Listen, you don't overmanage a team. Mm-hmm. Number one, you don't have the time to do it. So on the national team, you basically give them a basic outline of what you want them to accomplish and what they you want them to do, and then you let them go play. Then it's kind of almost out of your hands yep. a little bit." And he used to say that. Until he what he tried the back five against Mexico without practicing it a single time that one game and Jermaine Jones had to go up to him like during a break and go hey dude are you watching this we're getting, we're getting slaughtered out here you got to change this and it's the only time I've seen Clint the total go, opposite well, problem yeah. that yeah. we have now right well, I know and, and Jake you even had a video out recently uh, talking about that where. Berhalter has these tiny windows, but he seems to try to be over-managing throughout the window. Rather than just saying, here are the players I have. I'm putting you in positions to succeed. You go do your thing. I'll adjust on the fly. Or paying attention to who you're playing, find out where their strengths and weaknesses are, how they're probably going to be playing you, and adjust accordingly. But you were ta- in, in, your, in your video, you are talking about taking an overly complicated system and trying to squeeze it in on a very small window. Yeah, I mean, what he's essentially trying to do is play in a way that replicates Pep Guardiola or what like the world would call positional play. So right. you cross-section the pitch up into little sections and each player knows where they should be based on player movement, the ball, the opposition, all of that stuff. That works great when you have weeks and months and years to train and train and train and 
be trained by a coach, watch video. Also film. the player pool to do so. Yeah, and and you can buy players that mm-hmm. fit yep. that style. When you're a national team coach, you have two weeks at most at a time to develop some type of system. I'm I'm not even a huge proponent of a certain formation. I'm a huge proponent of what Derek said, like give them a pat on the back, tell them what you want to see from them on the pitch, give them stability and confidence on the field, and that's where we can be our best. And that's where I felt our best with Bob Bradley is like he had a very defensively sound system. And then we played free. We played more counterattacking. We played mm-hmm. with just, yeah, I, I don't know how else to say it. We played free. And one one credit I'll give to Greg, though, is that we have been very defensively sound for yep, the majority sure. of his of his tenure. Yeah. If, if he could find a way to not over-engineer the way that he's coaching the attack in the midfield, I feel like we would be more the the team would find more benefit to it. And what we've said in our discussions is like Greg tries to get his paycheck. He tries to earn his paycheck, but he doesn't need to do all that stuff. He doesn't need to earn his paycheck. He could do that by winning more games and making the, the fan base happier. And could he start by being at least a little more honest and earnest in the interviews and the pressers? I know you watch yeah. every every one of them, Jake, just like I do. But you do a really good show on each one of them because I, I'm I don't know how you hold yourself back, dude. Because I mean, we I we mean, talk about it on the show. I mean, you you didn't hold back, but you were way nicer than I would have been because <laughs> you know that's just that's you and I'm me. And um, it is so frustrating to watch those because it doesn't take much to just be honest. The one thing Bruce Arena never really did, he didn't fling around a bunch of bs you know um and i like that about him even bob bradley could get really into the weeds answering a question and he was really whereas greg never answers the question he gives a nice answer that has actually no real answer at all it's just general i almost feel like he almost like passively aggressive um admits fault (laughs) at certain points like there's times where he's like it, it, it took like five windows for him to finally say, you know, what? I think uh, a good number of these players could probably play all three games. <laughs> and we've been like, I, we know they're professionals. They're all like 23 and under. I mean, of course they can play all three games. I have come you to know. the realization lately that, and it was after that last um, press conference that he's just not a likable person. And I think that like <laughs> in the most simple way. You and Bill, you and Bill Archer agree. <laughs> Yes, my my deep psychoanalysis has told me that he's just not a likable person. And in the simplest way, I feel like that's why the fan base is so hard on him. It's not because he hasn't gotten results or any of that stuff. It's just like when he talks to journalists and in some respects, that means he's talking to us as fans. He is passive aggressive. He, He does like hold people in contempt for asking him difficult questions. And he's never honest with his answers or so it seems and like just boiling that down into the simplest way possible i just feel like he's not a likable person and for someone that's in the public eye that is under a lot of scrutiny and a lot of pressure that doesn't bode well necessarily from my perspective well, in, maybe like in a one-on-one uh, interaction he might be a very nice maybe a very yeah. nice guy likable guy but when it comes to dealing with the masses it seems again. He's again. He's too passive. He's uh, passive aggressive. You passive aggressive. We rephrase it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it just see some of some of the comments. Some of the things just seem a little snidey, if you will. Um, yes. But again, it's just at some point. I mean, admitting a small fault, like you know, I was too heavy, I was too focused on the rotation of this game, and I, you know, that's that's all on me. You know, maybe we don't put out seven new players that didn't play the previous game in yeah. a way match. <laughs> well, <laughs> no. Well, listen, when you are getting to the point where the guys on Pardon the Interruption, Tony Tony Kornheiser and Michael Wilbon are calling you unlikable, and they don't, I mean, I know Michael watches a lot of soccer. Tony does not like soccer, but they did watch some of the the interviews where he said we dominated, and the first thing that came out of Kornheiser's mouth was, I just find this guy unlikable. Because he's full of shit. He didn't say full of shit, but that's what he was saying generally. Yeah, he's, on, he's on. He's on cable TV. He can't necessarily say that. No, but he, he if 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 he could, he would have. But I mean, he he intimated he's full of Dookie. You know, yeah. It's, know. That, it would, that one. <laughs> that one especially bothered me because he he didn't need to 
like bolster the team by telling them and, and all of us that they dominated. He like one of the ways that he could have taken pressure off the team was to accept responsibility for himself. And that that didn't necessarily happen. But I'm kind of like I'm trying to take my bias away because I know that I have watched a lot of his press yeah. conferences <laughs> and I just have this thought in my mind now that I personally wouldn't grab a beer with him, but that I, I think like you're right, Brett. On a one-to-one basis, the players do seem to get along with him. Even Some if of he them. says things like sicko mode and tries <laughs> to be a weird dad about it. <laughs> but uh yeah, if you watch like Luca de la Torre's press conference, oh that was a great that, that was, was a great like, one. That was amazing. He, he was very upfront with like, I think I deserve to be here. I haven't been called in. I think I showed on the field like why I should be on the field and and in this team. And he didn't he said it in a very nice way, but it was basically like well, yeah. I should be here. Why yes. well, and, and I made I made the comment on your on your on your video about that too. What was great is that he basically said the question was like, you know, how do you feel about your performance on the field? And he goes, I feel like that's the same performance I put week in, week out of the club. Yeah. You know? And I should, like, that was a great answer. Yeah. I mean, and I should, should like, have, I should have yeah. been there. I should have been here a long time ago, basically. Yeah. And then he also called it a must-win game after just hearing Greg say it's not a must-win game. I never said it was a must-game game. Who, who said I said that? Who, what? You lied. You, you know, I mean, come on, Greg. You, we all know that was a must-win game. Come on. Let's just be honest. You're right in hindsight. It was a must-win game. I feel like until we qualify, every game's a must-win game. He could have got out of that with any line of horseshit he could have made up. But <laughs> Except he... for the one that he said. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, so, so bad. They, they, were, they, were aim, they were aiming to stay in second place, though, so it's all good. They got their wish. <laughs> That's the aim. Oh, no, he goal. fixed that. He fixed that. <laughs> so Brett wants an empty bucket 442. Yep. Manny, what, what would you prefer to see in terms of formations? Hey, Ru- in an, in an ideal situation, it would be based on what we think the opponent is going to try to take away from us. And in a situation where the team is going to uh, park the bus, um, I would actually want to put another midfielder in midfield, to be honest with you, to kind of combat. Because it, it, they're going to try to take the center away from you. Put another midfielder in there so you can – connect in midfield quick quicker passes and if you know for somehow you can swing it from side to side you know you may you may be able to to swing it into the box somehow but i I would i'm i don't know me just me personally if i'm a manager and they want to take away the center i would be the arrogant type to put another midfielder and say like all right well try to see if you can get the ball off of, of our midfielders yeah. Right. So what is that? A four-four-two diamond or a three in the back? I would say three-five-two. Yeah. Mm. Well, that, that's that requires a ten. Yeah. Something Greg has a never what? really played with. <laughs> yeah. Hey, he plays with back. a lot of number tens. They just don't play the position. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, though, like Jurgen Klopp, the the modern scientists of formations are basically reorganizing the game where you don't need to play with a 10. That doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means that the best teams in the world today play with high pressure to create chances, whereas a 10 can do that as an individual. So not saying it's wrong. It's just the the meta of soccer formations and the way that it's played today. Coaches seem to want to do high pressure instead of having you know players with skill and ability and technique to unlock defenses. Well, and this has all been a giant evolution, right? When I was a young kid, which is many, many eons ago, <laughs> um, hell, people, teams were still playing sweepers, for Christ's sake. So um, <laughs> you're not going to see that anytime. My 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 high school you're... team played a 3-1-3-3. Three, three, three. Now, how weird is that? When's the next time you're going to see that happen? The game it just doesn't a, happen. The game, that, is, the game is involved so much now that your goalkeeper is your sweeper now. So. I know. <laughs> yep, a sweeper keeper. And now, I mean, for a little while, four four two was okay, and that was a cool thing to play. And now the only thing that seems and, and even four two three one was okay to play. Now that's passe for some people. They're like, oh, that's just a losing formation. How is that a losing formation? Mm-hmm. Some teams are still using it and they're still winning with it too. Um, so but I mean I just don't think guys we could probably 
make as many wishes as we wanted and blow out all the, the candle lights we wanted, but it's just not going to happen. Greg's going to be Gregging, and there's not much we're going to be able to do about it, unfortunately. It seems like the cool thing to do right now is either a 4-3-3 or a 3-4-3, and I feel like there there's no point in Greg switching it up from a 4-3-3. If, not if at this point, no. Yeah. No. I think it's no. just you, experimenting at this point is yeah. it's disaster. I say, I say, I say you know, continue with that square peg on the round hole for the last three games. I mean, make some changes, of course, but uh, don't 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 go about making huge uh, overall changes. Now, once we once once hopefully once we qualify, then you know come friend, come to some of the friendlies we have, or even Nations League when we you know play like the uh, the Cubas and the Guatemalas of the world, then you can mix it up a little bit. I mean, like like you said, make a change, but don't make across the board changes. So. Yeah. yeah, and once we get to the World Cup, reality is going to hit real, real hard um, <laughs> because then you're going to have to get out of the group, and you aren't going to be playing a bunch of chumps. I mean, theoretically, you shouldn't be playing a bunch of chumps. You'll be playing at least two really good, solid ass teams, and we saw that with Klinsman because Klinsman talked about, "Oh, we want to play a different way," and then he got to the World Cup, and he's like, eh, "We'll play a really <laughs> low block and be really defensive and hit him on the counter." Like he got sensible suddenly. But um, <laughs> except for that, leaving Donovan off the team thing. We won't get into that. Don't worry, Wando is right there at the six. Right? Julian Green had a goal. Against, uh... Julian Green did have a goal. Now look at him. He carries <laughs> bucket water for for, for Timothy Tillman for... on Firth. Yeah, or Firth if you pronounce it the it... German way. Mm. It's weird. It's weird to think though that that Green probably wouldn't have even seen the pitch if uh, Wando would have put that uh, that shot away at the end of the game. Right. Oh, sure. the memories. <laughs> memories. We need Ryan here to tell us how to say Gertefurt. I have no idea. Gertefurt. Yeah, in, in German, you just, the TH is a T. Okay, so sounds like after the last window, we're all pretty low on confidence, at least in Greg, not necessarily in the team. But a team that is even lower on confidence and has some injuries, has some poor results has a coach in turmoil, has some fan pressure. Sounds a lot like the U.S. just a little bit plus, plus, plus is Mexico. Ta-ta. And <laughs> we're, going, we're going to Azteca in Mexico to take them on in the first game of our next qualifying cycle. Is this the first time that we could possibly get three points in a competitive game at Azteca? Theoretically. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, we've, had, we've had Mexico's we've had Mexico's name the entire number, time. Number, number, whatever. Same difference. Name, number. It's just above. It's just above the number. Both things are on the back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> got Mexico's name right here. We'll have their sponsor next. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we're talking about them being in really deep doo doo right now, and they're playing at home and at Azteca. Um, are they going to be able to bring their whole crowd? I was I was told maybe they might. They will have a crowd. I don't know if it will be full or not. I thought it was 50%. Maybe I could be wrong. That could help us if that's the case. If there's no crowd there, that might change the atmosphere a little bit. But the fact that two of his best players are now not going to be there was going to force him to pick maybe some younger players to come in. Because I don't think Tata watches Liga MXs. I don't think he actually watches the league. Because, I mean... They've got four, five really good teams on in that league, and he never picks but maybe one player from each of those teams. He's going with guys that are the tried and true or whatever. There's there's more talent out there that I don't think he's paying much attention to, and I'm not going to go through the, all the names and all that, but um, but if he doesn't get this right and he loses, he may be out of a job if we beat him in. That's what I was going to ask, Mike. How quick? How quickly do you think he'll be fired if we do get three points in Azteca? They're quicker I mean, on the two, trigger than two, we there's are. Two, there's two games left, but seeing as know, we in the dressing it, room, I was going to say, seeing as we never won in Azteca and we win in Azteca for the first time ever, yeah. Uh, yeah USA not, winning four games straight against them too. <sighs> See, that is the one thing that I think is a factor that we need to consider in terms of us <clears throat> going to Azteca is that Greg Verhalter. Not a great coach, I think we can all agree, or not a great national team coach, I should say. Has trouble with low blocks, has trouble playing against teams that are usually inferior in talent to us. But it does seem like our team always gets up for the Mexico games. Like, I I think that's a factor that we need to consider 
when we're talking about the U.S., no matter what form we're in, no matter who's our coach, we always seem to be the team that, that gets up for that battle. Yeah, I get that too. Um, I do, when I'm watching the behind-the-scenes videos on U.S. Soccer's YouTube page, I don't know if you watched the latest one, uh, Behind the Crest or whatever, yeah. what I do find a lot annoying about, again, his style, Greg's style, uh, in comparison to even Klinsman, who I'm not a fan of, but you look at the way he talks to the team. This is not a rah rah guy. I mean, he did some clapping or whatever, but no, he's not a big rah rah guy because that's not a German thing. That's not a German. I, I know I'm half German, so <laughs> it's not a German thing. And then you look at Bruce, Bruce is not a rah rah guy at all. Bruce is a like honest guy in the locker room. He's like, okay, here's what we here's what we fucked up last half it just needs to get fixed hey johnny you do this billy you do that you know and we got to change this in the midfield it's very specific but greg when he's raw raw i just god it just makes me i don't know it just makes me barfy i'm sorry puke in my mouth when i watched the last one a little it was too much for me less raw raw really we didn't they didn't need raw raw they were already raw rod walker zimmerman had that part covered so you do the other stuff that's more important. You you stay calm. You provide the information and the tactics going forward and what we need to do going forward. But you don't need to be the rah-rah guy. We've got rah-rah. It's already happening. <laughs> team team does the rah-rah. You're the coach. Sorry. I probably won't. That was a rant. <laughs> don't worry. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take the little segment out and make an animated cartoon about it, Derek. Don't worry. That'll, that'll go as a shorts <laughs> or a, a TikTok. <laughs> well, I wasn't dancing, so it doesn't count. <laughs> That's what animation I, I saw some hand movement. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll just take that right there and we'll just put it yeah. on repeat. We'll loop it. We'll be good. We'll be good. Got it. All right. It'll work. We've got enough technically apt people in this conversation to make it happen. <laughs> this is true. We do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Three points. <laughs> Back mm -hmm. to the, the matter at hand. Sorry. Is this happening? Please go, go on as many rants as you want, Derek. I, I, it's funny because I was I was laughing when we first started talking about this because you tell uh, it's not on our show because Derek would have probably have said the U.S. always gets it up for Mexico, whereas you said U.S. always gets up for Mexico. Yes, so a little bit different with context there, but Maybe and that's I have yet why Mexico plays scared against us. <laughs> I don't think they're going to play scared next game. I really don't. I think they're going to come out firing. Um, I think they're going to be um, – I mean, the only good thing about Mexico the, and the way they play, it works better for us. Exactly. Thank you. You stole my point there. Yeah. Yes. It works better for us than a low block. They're going to come out attacking, which is good for us because we're better mm -hmm. at you know pressing, stealing the ball, and making a quick little counter against teams yep. that actually are really aggressive, and they do that for us. So I don't know if Tata is going to change it up. I doubt it. I think they're going to come out and try to take the, the three points um because they're nervous too just like we are mexico is going to come out in mexico they're going to do the, they're going to play their game yeah and again like you said that plays into our benefit usually I mean, i'm not saying that it's going to play into our benefit we're going to win but uh the way that the way they play and the way that burhalter has our our team playing it definitely works in our benefit for them to constantly press pressing constantly attacking because it opens up space in the attack yes and that's how you get you know, uh, you get way getting that counter on the wing, playing back across Aronson or Pepe or whoever checking into the box. There's not ten players sitting within the first twenty yards of the defense. <laughs> so, yeah, and you know, think if, think they, if they scratch our faces a few more times, we have VAR now. So if they try and gouge <laughs> Brendan Aronson's eyes out, we'll, we'll be okay. I think. <laughs> How is that Although, not a, a vodka uh, video yet? I don't know. VAR is only as good as the referee that's looking at it, so it's not a guarantee. That's but, true. All right, maybe we'll wrap up then with your predictions for the next window. Do do we get the win? Do we get a result in Azteca, and are we through to the World Cup? Man. Is why um, we pay you the big bucks, guys. I know. Um, so I think we go to Azteca and we lose. And then we go to play at <laughs> home and we win. And then I'm hoping that we get a tie. That should wrap it up for us. And that's four points uh, against Costa Rica at Costa Rica. I mean, we've never beat Costa Rica at Costa Rica, but we have tied Costa Rica at Costa Rica. So we we have that. That's been done before. We can do that again. Um, 
So I'm thinking four. I mean, love to say more, but I'm still, I'm really nervous, guys. I'm sorry. Um, the, the last World Cup has jaded me a little bit. I'm a little, my stomach. Yeah. You, you can tell who's jaded from that World Cup just from Twitter right now. There, <laughs> there, there are a lot of U.S. men's national team stands that are still out there. Rah, 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 rah. I'm just like, guys, this, this is sketchy at best. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 we spent about 10 minutes there talking about how we could go to Aztec and get three points. Just get the one point. We need to get a result one way or another. Um, our, our hope would be by the time we get to Costa Rica, they've already lost their, t- their two first games. Let's say El Salvador and Canada come through. Hey, no, no, Canada's playing uh, Panama. Who's Costa Rica playing? Oh, I had that up in a second ago. El yeah, Salvador and somebody else. Jamaica? So, yeah, they are playing. Costa Rica is uh, playing uh, Canada. El Salvador and us. Okay. So let's just hope by the time we get to Costa Rica, they've lost their first two games. And then yeah. we're good. <laughs> They're also an older team. So yeah. maybe maybe the young 24-year-old dynamic and that we were talking all about. All both third games, yeah. Yeah. Brian Ruiz, baby. <laughs> Coming through. <laughs> it, Manny, how about you? I think we get I think we get the the draw in Azteca. I don't think that we're there yet to to get a a win there. But I do think ultimately I do think we, we auto qualify. I think we'll get the win in Panama and then I think we'll get the tie and uh Costa Rica to to seal it up. So yeah. yeah. Real quick real quick, the the Azteca match where Davies scored that one goal. Did we draw that match? Yeah. I think it was 2-2. We, we two, two. So we did go to Azteca and draw. Derek? I think no, we've drawn no, that, the last No, we've two drawn cycles. in Azteca. I yeah. knew that. Yeah. I thought you said we didn't. No, we have drawn in Azteca you, before. We've drawn in Costa Rica before as well. But you, you, we added, a lot won, of, you added a lot of emphasis that, well, at least we drew in Costa Rica. Well, that's <laughs> true. I might have done that, but... That, not Maybe I was putting two and two together. It's, and it's hard to read know. into a spoken word, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> Much harder than reading a text. Ta- uh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but th- we we do have a higher chance. Or sorry, we we had a higher chance of making the World Cup when we went into Cuba and played Trinidad and Tobago than we do right now with our last three games. I think right now we have like a ninety-one percent chance to auto qualify. And when we went into Trinidad and Tobago, it was like a 96 or 97% chance. So crazier things have happened. I think yes. you guys are right. Like this is sketchy. And at yeah. the same time, it's it's in our hands. Like we control our destiny at least. And yeah, we, we need the three points against Panama. And then hopefully Azteca or Costa Rica gives us a, a nice point and we waltz our way into the world cup in qatar yeah madness and math are a bitch they can all happen at the same time and that's what happened last time at kuva like everything that could go wrong went wrong well the uh, only way uh, that it know. could go wrong it went wrong yeah. like it required it required the perfect storm we, we've talked about this before right but it was like the perfect storm like this team or this team had a win this team had a win and then we had to lose and that's exactly what happened any of those variables changed we would have been fine Yep. Yeah. And uh, Tom, who's not on here right now, gave us a scenario in our last podcast where we could actually win at Azteca and then not qualify for the World Cup by losing to Panama and Costa Rica and having other results go against us. So that Panama game is the most important one, even if we won in Mexico and every other result throughout the window went against us, we would not automatically qualify. So there's there's some pretty scary scenarios out there, but this isn't doomsday. Let's, let's, hope, let's hope Canada continues to play for pride and they continue to put up the results. Yes. I, I honestly feel like with John Herdman as their coach, they will. They will come out each game to play for the crest and, and hope to get a result. I hope you're right. <laughs> All right, guys, let's wrap up. We do, we do a last word here. So I'm going to give you guys the opportunity uh, to wrap up here, give us the last word. Brett, maybe we'll start with you. What do you want to say to the people? 
Brett, you have a last word? Look at you. You look frightened. Like you can, he's, he's like, I'm supposed to have a last word? It's like a, what the a deer in the head. headlights, right? <laughs> Stay, I'm going to stand still. Nobody's going to see me. Is this like a T-Rex, right? I don't know. I was like, is, is your video no. frozen? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm going to shill a bit. But yeah, follow, follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, you can find us on Twitter at straight underscore red. You can find us on uh, YouTube at the straight red card. And uh, yeah. And buy their t-shirts. All of them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> buy the t-shirts. And I just, my last word is I am thankful that in 2007 that Danny Zettela didn't beat me up. <laughs> There's a long uh, story. Throw, throwback. There's Derek a long coming story. in with an appreciation moment. Is there an epi- is there an episode with this it's with a this long story? Story, yes, there is, but it's on the old Straight Red Card show. We did a cartoon joke thing about his bar fight, and he wrote me the next day and said he's going to find out where I live and beat me up. <laughs> Again, those those old episodes have to go on the Patreon. We got to figure out a way to get them back up. I, I mean, I guess, I guess the time spent in prison wasn't enough. <laughs> <laughs> Manny, what's your last word? Um, I don't. I was just man. I I was kind of sidetracked by that, that, that last thing. Um, honestly, good vibes. Like I, I I like Brett. I like Derek. Thank you guys for you know for coming on to the show. Um, I don't know. I just Manny. Are I, you a musician? I see a piano back there. Sort of. Yes. You see okay. a turntable besides me as well. <gasps> No way. Yeah. We Guess have a what? lot in common, I think. We just have a lot in friends. common. Yeah. We've got a microphone. KRS One, Tribe Called Quest. I don't know. Yes. BDP, Boogie Down Productions. I think we probably have a lot in common. I'm an old timer, been around a long time with the hip hop. But anyhow, turntable. You just, that just got me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think we have a good chance of, of qualifying. Um, next window so hey you know just positive vibes being optimistic and whatnot so amen all right yeah. good vibes good vibes we'll close it out there guys go follow the straight red card buy their t-shirts join their patreon do all of that stuff and eventually i think hopefully in the next few days we'll find another time that works where i can come on their show and we're gonna uh, have you on jake no doubt there we go it danny, will happen danny if you see this video please don't beat up Derek. please Please. <laughs> I think his knees are worse than mine at this point. I think I can run away from him. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. More metal. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's that's how we're ending it. Just that's it. Please don't beat us up. Goodbye. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.